0: Hey everybody, thanks for viewing. Welcome back to During Business Hours. We have Jeff Sandbridge from Smartphone Medics on today. How you doing, Jeff?
1: Hey Chris, how's it going? Thank you for having me today.
0: Doing great, let's get it. You uh, get a chance to check out the channel at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually did. I'd actually watched a couple of your videos just recently. Uh, that's the first I've heard of you or your channel um, when you were talking about the whole blockchip uh, fiasco. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's getting deeper and deeper, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, Blockchip has come out more as the, uh, the shining knight in the story. But okay. repair desk trying to cut down on the posts and suppress people really didn't help the situation. Right. Um, but it turns out EPX is doing this to a lot of companies. Like, uh, they have several lawsuits ongoing. And oh, th- wow. Thousands of people have been charged year on, year out. So they, they've taken millions from people nobody's you know shouting from the rooftops it's kind of nuts
1: yeah that's crazy
0: yeah you know, we all thought it was a couple hundred people and it turns out it's not just our industry it's the retail industry the restaurant industry and a lot of the uh, shopping malls and people who have uh, what is it north bank card processors uh, that get hit with these fees so it's it's not even just $295 some people are getting charged 2500 thousand per store whoa it's getting bigger and bigger it's (laughs) crazy so what state are you in you said you were in the central time zone
1: uh yeah i'm in alabama
0: how's alabama
1: it's uh it's nice overall uh the weather changes a lot but um i i enjoy it for the most part because we're close to mountains we're close to beaches and uh it's a where we live is a near a pretty big city so we, we kind of have the best of both worlds because we've got some country and some city.
0: so yeah, that's what everyone says about uh, northern california but oh yeah um, it's close to the beaches close to the mountains but uh it's turned into a, a whole separate issue nowadays we have so many homeless and um flagrant you know violence in the streets nobody does anything about so it's getting interesting i'm yeah. personally moving out to uh oklahoma in a couple of weeks So, oh, really? Pack down the studio. It's not going to be fun, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was never never easy. Yeah.
1: So, are you in uh, Northern California?
0: Yeah, Sacramento.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Ever been?
1: No, I haven't. I've always wanted to go, but
0: pretty uh, stationary in Alabama, or have you traveled around a bit?
1: I've traveled a lot um, overall, but haven't made it out uh, very far west. Haven't gone any farther than Texas, I guess. So,
0: hospitality out in Texas, Alabama, South Carolina, that is, I can't even explain it. It's a different world out <laughs> here. People are like, don't touch my stuff. Don't touch my sidewalk. Uh, out there is how you doing. What can I get? Yeah. You? I need some water.
1: Like, yeah, it is. It world. is really, really friendly. And that's, that's one of the things that I like about it here. Um, because I have been to you know other places up North even it's, it's like that, um, New York and, um, St. Louis and things like that, people are a lot less friendly. Like, I'll like smile and wave at them when I'm walking by on the street, and they're like, What are you
0: doing? <laughs> it's, uh, it gets uh, New York is a bit rough, yeah. Um, you know, it's what is that saying they used to have, the I love New York for the uh-huh. uh, the people, and then people are like, I f-ing hate New York. Right. Um, but <laughs> all the people they're like, What are you doing? What are you talking about, right? Um, gosh. Some people there were, uh, I, I, went in 2012, uh, did the sightseeing at a buddy who lived in Watertown, New York upstate. And that was fun. You know, off-roading seemed like a different world for New York. Yeah. <laughs> Mount, mountainy, green. Not a lot of people yelling or spitting on the sidewalks. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so how long have you, you've lived in Alabama your whole life? Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. So what, when did you start your current company?
1: Uh, it was about 10 years ago now.
0: How'd you get into that?
1: The repair side of things? Yeah, I think it was around the time that the first iPhones came out. And, um, I, I've always been into technology in general, taking things apart, putting them back together, computers, all of that. Um, but when the first iPhones came out, I was like, it would be really cool to be able to learn how to fix these and know a little bit about it. I saw a class somewhere and so I, I signed up to take the class that taught you how to um, repair like a iPhone three or something like that. And, uh, they didn't really teach me much, but, uh, they at least taught me how to get it open. And, and from there I kind of, you know, figured out the rest of it and, and how to work on other devices. And then I realized that there was kind of a market for it because, you know, people were breaking their devices and back then hardly anywhere fixed them. So,
0: um, were so inexpensive at the time it was so yeah. easy to replace, you know, I think the, the old Nokia's were like 80 bucks. Right. If you broke it, you just threw it away. Got another one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like 80 bucks. wasn't a lot of money. It was just more convenient. Right. <laughs> the glass screens and gorilla glass three came out. Yeah. <laughs> this looks complicated. Right. Um. So it, has it always been that store that you're in now? well we've
1: we've moved uh, a few times and and kind of uh i guess upgraded each time and at one point in time i actually had three locations i had um one in madison which is where my story is now i had one in huntsville which is the biggest bigger city in the state that i was talking about and it was actually um inside of nasa headquarters there we had a a location which was kind of cool um, but it, it wasn't that great because we weren't allowed to do any advertising because it was NASA. And, uh, so it was, it was hard to do a decent business there other than just the employees, you know?
0: How do you land a store inside the NASA headquarters?
1: <laughs> That's uh, a good question. And it really just comes down to connections.
0: So connections is how you got the store in the NASA headquarters.
1: Yeah, basically. Um, I knew someone that, uh, you know, knew the, um, the, the manager up there, the, the head of operations and they, they would rent out a few different little spots down, um, in their kind of common areas. And, and they wanted to have different stores that people would, um, would use. So they had a little post office, there, a restaurant, a coffee shop, um, gift shop, a few other things. And so, um, when they heard that we did electronics repair, they're like, oh, that, you know, that could be a good fit. So we, uh, we put our store there and it was cool. Um, it was, it was good to be able to, you know, tell people, Hey, we have a, a store in NASA. Like that sounded yeah. cool. Um, but at the same time we could only get the business of the people that broke their phones there, uh, or their, their devices. And so you couldn't really grow much. It was just, you get what business you get. Um, and so That'll be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a little bit frustrating from, from that standpoint. Um, so it was, it was kind of like, you. it was fairly profitable, but in the end I was just like, I don't, I don't really feel like this is worth it overall. It'd be more pro- productive to have another location. And that's why I went ahead and opened up a third location and, um, in a, another, another city nearby. And so at that point we had the three locations, but that's when I kind of decided I didn't really like owning multiple locations. Um, I felt like it stretched me a little bit too thin trying to oversee everything. And um, it was hard to staff them with good employees and, and make sure that the quality and standard stayed up to the level that I, I wanted things to be, because that's something that's always been extremely important to me is just the, the quality and our ratings, and our reviews, how customers feel about us and, and providing, you know, the best service that we possibly can. Um, that's why you know now we're we're the top rated in the area like all of northern alabama even and um, it's because we put such a focus on that but the only way we're able to do that is i was like you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna simplify but focus on one store and try and make that one store the biggest and the best that i possibly can create uh so we you know kind of pooled all the the best employees back together and then that's when i went from having you know of like a mediocre location in in madison and i I put all the funding and everything into having a really nice store so we got a standalone building that has like glass all the way around Mm -hmm. and um a nice lobby we put a lot of money into renovations and building it out so that it almost looks like a little mini apple store or something like that
0: when did you decide to do that like what what year was that that was probably
1: about six years in i would say five or six years in um was was when we kind of made the the shift towards that and um we only got the new location about three years ago though that's that's when we really that's when we really kind of shifted everything over um because i would say about six years in is when i had the three locations and after that that's when we decided to simplify so yeah we've only only had this nice location three years now and um, really been focusing more on the like retail side of things uh, ever since, ever since that Um, a little bit before that we started focusing on it, but we weren't doing, you know, like very well until we moved to the new location because I, I I feel like a, um, a nice location just adds a lot of um, credibility to to your brand and your store. Yeah. Trust. Like, whenever we moved over there, we were automatically able to charge more for repairs and and things like that. And and people didn't ask questions like they did at the other store. Our our old store, you know, it was kind of, it was not the greatest of areas. We're in between like a tattoo parlor and a uh, vape store. And we had like bars on the windows Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the time people would want to come in and haggle over prices or be like, why did you charge so much on this? You know, and uh, it just doesn't add much to your credibility (laughs) in general. But uh, the minute the minute we moved over everything kind of changed for us. And, um, you know, people just saw us in a different light and it really helped, I think.
0: So that was before 2020, of course, you know, you're saying 2019 ish. I'm in that same mode with my Carmichael location. I downsized from three stores. I had a partnership in a fourth, and now I've only got one store focusing my time on that, trying to make it better. But I'm not of the mindset of like, you're going to make everyone happy are realistic and uh, impressions and facts to the customers on the front end say solve 99% of problems so if you oh, give yeah. that expectation to somebody you can't go wrong um but that's sure. where we get some feedback because some people are like oh no i want this free or that free and i think generally i think it's the area we're in because we're in similar to what you were saying tattoo parlor next door, vape store bars Mm -hmm. on the windows. We get burglarized once a year, right? It's not a great location. It used to be, um, our location got, I think 25 million for renovations on our block. They called it the beautification project of fair Oaks. Oh, that's Uh, nice. I've seen one new sidewalk, (laughs) um, but that's, that's their, you know, money. But I, I was contemplating the same thing before COVID of moving to a bigger, brighter location, And then COVID happened, and we just saw a doubling every quarter of uh, revenue. It was like, okay, more people coming in, more people spending. And we thought everything was going to be shut down. How did COVID affect your new location? Was it similar in that where it drove business, or did it hurt anything?
1: Yeah, well, it it was kind of a roller coaster because we had just moved in there, just kind of getting the feel of the new location and everything, and then COVID hit. And and then in the beginning, you know, that's when everybody was afraid, staying home, everything shut down. And we were like, "Uh, how are we going to pay for this new location? (laughs) Like uh, we were already worried about paying for it before this. And now we have no customers. Um, So we were kind of freaking out there for a little bit. And that's when, you know, I was like, all right, what are we going to do? So I quickly um, got with Repair Desk and, and figured out how we could take online payments. And they created a system so that we could invoice people and take take cards, um, that way. So we started taking drop off repairs at the store. Like we have, I put a drop box outside, um, and I started advertising that we're doing like drive through repairs. And so people would drop them in the box. We'd pick them up, repair them, charge them an invoice remotely, and then put it back in the box. They could come pick it up. Um, things like that. But like I said, at that point we were more than 50% retail device sales as well. And, and that kind of nosedived as well. So it was, it was really difficult to figure out a new way of doing that whole thing because we were doing leasing. That was, that was the biggest way, biggest way to sell devices is through leasing at this point. If nobody's doing that, I definitely recommend that they get on it. Oh yeah. Um, But um, it was, it became a challenge like, well, how are we going to, you know, sell devices to people without them being able to look at them or come in the store or sign their leases and, and, and things like that. So I got with some of the leasing companies we had at that point And we started doing all that online. People would message us, we'd sh- send them pictures of the device they were going to buy, uh, get them approved. And then they would sign their leases, um, online, and they just come to the store and we'd hand it to it or we ship it to them, whatever. Yeah. So we started doing that. And then things started picking up and, um, and then at that point our biggest problem was getting employees to come back because they've been gone and uh, they were getting government money half of them and Mm. they didn't want to come back because they were making more um from the uh you know stimulus and everything yeah stimulus and stuff than we were paying them so um luckily i had a few a couple of like you know dedicated really good employees who decided to come back and help out anyway but that's when things started getting crazy like like oh, you yeah. said, like they just started to pop off, and everybody wanted to buy electronics. And um, it, I think we became- actually
0: we sold out of pop sockets we had from our 2017. I couldn't sell one of them. Uh, yeah, we, had, we we had sold 400 units of pop sockets just because there were so many kids that were around, and I couldn't stock them. I I, I couldn't buy them at the time. China was closed, mm-hmm. and so we sold every single one on this this tilta turning gondola oh, yeah. we had. yeah, I got And I that. was like, if I can sell this, there's, there's nothing I'm going to stock here that won't sell out. And that was the, the kind of gist of 2020. People are going to buy everything you got just to buy it for the, the hopes of fun or some type of good feeling that it'll get from it. It's going yeah. to spend that government money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you move that, you end up doing real well in the store. When's the was it 2020s Black Friday was your your first blowout Black uh, Black Friday or you'd done that every year?
1: No, uh, no, no. It it took a while for us to be able to to kind of master the whole Black Friday thing. We failed pretty hard uh, several times before that. I would say it took us probably five years before we even started trying to do much for black friday i mean like we'd always do it like, like you can get 20 dollars off a repair or 20 dollars off a device or something like that yeah. and we get a few people coming in and you know uh, just because it is black friday or just your average business on top of that but we started trying to figure out you know well how can we actually you know do a decent black friday or, or try and get a large crowd in here and i was like well you know we're gonna have to have better deals we're gonna have to have better advertisement because we're competing with the big box stores. We're the biggest stores out there. You're trying to get people to come out of their lines, out of their stores and come into your little store.
0: The reason I ask, I, I did not know about the smartphone medics personally. I seen you in the group. I saw your post last year, but the black Friday apparently is you're setting a, a pace for everybody now. So like you're the black Friday guy. Uh, I had seen last year, your turnout, your kids were out there making lemonade yeah. Uh, you had a, a coffee stand, muffins or something. Mm-hmm. And then the, this year, even though all the retail locations I know in many states were all bitching on WhatsApp about the turnout on Black Friday. It's disastrous. I personally, I, I probably lost 15 grand because advertising, uh-huh. uh, all the ad spend went super high for the yeah. cost and the turnout was low. And then the inventory now sits that I bought really good deals. I'll sell it over time, but that, that chunk is out of the accounts. And I'm like, Oh, you know, here's where I'm at down 15 grand. It'll take a time to recoup Mm -hmm. you spending. What is it? 50, a hundred thousand. Right. Killing it. So how did, what is 2020s black Friday versus this black Friday? And is there any difference that you did?
1: Yeah. Um, there, there's there's not a whole lot of difference in what I did versus 2020 and now. But I think that I've also kind of gotten to be known for the, the Black Fridays that we have at this point because I've done them a few years now and uh, and they've been pretty successful. But I did a few forms of advertising that I haven't done before and, and some new kind of tips and tricks. And I've been kind of talking to people about that. I've been doing um, a lot of business coaching recently and people that that's been one of the hot topics people want to talk about is the, is the black Friday stuff. And I believe that there are certain ways and things that you can do to deal with it. And, and there's lots of things that I do um, that don't cost money. Now I spend a lot of money on advertising as well. You, you have to, if you, if you want to have a good turnout, but um, some of the things that you can do that don't cost money are even more productive and can reach more more people in a more meaningful way, I would say. Uh, and i would I would say that a lot of those ways are the people who actually showed up um, versus advertising. I know we got a decent amount from the advertising that we did, but um, some of the some of the things that we did. for example, um, we always do a uh, a big giveaway around. You know, Black, the week leading up to Black Friday that we did a MacBook this year and I use I do a live video when I talk about the giveaway and I use that opportunity to talk about all the sales that we're going to have. And we always have amazing sales. Uh, if anybody's seen our deals, um, like I said before, you're competing with the biggest box stores out there, Amazon, online, whatever. Um, so you'll see our ad and it'll be like free AirPods with $69 purchase, free iPad minis, free Chromebooks, free wireless chargers with any purchase. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Even as a business owner, I know on the wholesale side, that is a money loser compared yeah. to the earners, right? So uh-huh. you're going to take a short-term loss on that compared to, you may sell an, uh, a Mac mini, you know, and make $2,000 on it. But there's, there's always give and take. Mm-hmm. But what? Where is that hump that says, "Oh man, I got to take this leap and give away five thousand dollars worth of inventory"? How do you build that over time over the last couple of years? Where does that comfortability come from?
1: Right. Um, basically, the way that I've always looked at it is, I I put that into our advertising budget. -hmm. So, whatever devices I'm going to buy that are going to lose potentially lose money. And I have some tricks and things that we do so that they don't have to lose money. You can still make money even on those free items. Um, for example, the $69 AirPods, uh, with I mean with any $69 purchase, I pay around $69 for because there are OEM Apple AirPods. And um so I, I pay around that much for them. If they just purchase that alone then yeah i'm I'm gonna lose money on it basically but our goal is to to get them in there and then upsell other things to them whether we're selling them an uh airpods case whether we send sell extended warranties on them we're like for ten dollars more you can cover these for a year um if anything happens to them and um not to mention the things that they're having to purchase to spend $69. We also do some tricks and things as far as that's concerned so that it's hard for them to add up the things that they can purchase, it's hard for them to add up to exactly $69. Um, you know, for example, a case, an otter box, and a tempered glass would normally be about $69 together. Um, yeah. but on that day we do $5 off the accessories. So that's not going to add up to $69. So they're going to have to purchase something else. And then the cheapest thing they're going to be able to purchase is probably going to be 20, $25, you know, at so that point,
0: it'll add up to 90, you'll still be up a little bit. And then the, I see the math there. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. It's some similar what we do in our stores. Cause I think we did 50% off accessories and we all know, and if, especially if any business owners are watching this, accessories are a goldmine. The markup on accessories are huge devices, very small, but they, that's why most repair shops. And I tell people that I talk to, you need to sell accessories. A lot of people, for some reason, think that they can live off of repairs. Mm-hmm. It's not a forever thing. You know, one day it'll just be, nope, we don't want to do it anymore. The government, somebody will be like, yeah, let it go to the manufacturer. They could do that. They could make laws. But you got to have something else in your stores, whether it's accessories or uh, offering home security or whoever, whatever. There's got to be another revenue source. You you had mentioned you do consulting or the, some form of coaching.
1: Yeah, so- yeah, I um, started it once. Uh, they they'd asked me to come to the gadget repair expo this year out in San Antonio to speak about um, the success of our store. A little bit about Black Friday, but primarily because we're a million dollar business in one one location. And um, so they I, I put together a little speech about how um, how to achieve that sort of success and was was talking about it. But after that so many people reached out to me and were like, you know, hey, I missed the speech, could you tell me or I want more information? When I did give the speech, I only had a thirty minute segment and, and what I spoke on, people were so excited about it and things that they just kept asking questions. And we went an hour and a half past, like when I was supposed to talk because people had so many questions or just kept going. And, um, so I realized, you know, a lot of people want this information and need this information and I can actually help them by, by giving it. So I've started doing these one-on-one consultations with people. Um, people can book with me if they want to, you know, reach out or whatever, but so far it's really been helping people. I've been coaching people on black Friday recently, since that was coming up a few of the stores that I did coach have had, um, I've gotten replies that they've had way better black Fridays than they've ever done in the past. Um, even a lot with of the, are-
0: even with the, uh, the issues, because most of the problem isn't actually the stores. It's just a lot of shoppers right now are, are worried about, you know, things going on everywhere. So a lot of people stayed in or wanted to go strictly online. Cause I know even Walmart and Best Buy, had the worst black Fridays and they are where people literally kill each other. And that's a fact, (laughs) kill each other running over stampedes to get to the things they want every year. And it's the first year where it doesn't look like anybody died in a stampede. Right. That's (laughs) It's good and bad on the financial side. Um, I'm more interested. Like the black Friday stuff is really cool, but how do you build the team that makes those upsells?
1: Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you asked that because that's something that's extremely important for Black Friday, but just the success of the business in general. Um, it's it's so important to build a good team, and and the way that I go about doing that, um, is several steps, but choosing the right people from from the start. Um, and I've made the mistake in the past of, of hi- hiring wh- horrible employees like uh, that have, you know, stolen, who have tried to s- take over my entire business, who have teamed up with my landlord and gotten me kicked out of my location so that they could have their own business uh, and take my customers. So I've 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 learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. <laughs> but um, so. I'm very careful with uh, with who I hire. So a lot of people have heard that uh, saying like uh, hire slowly and fire quickly. But mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I I have a very elaborate uh, list of interview questions and things like that that we give to, to anybody that comes in. And I like to check, you know. I look for certain things in certain people, and I like them to specialize in certain areas. Um, a lot of stores, when they hire employees, you know, they hire a technician and have them doing sales on the front desk or, and answering phones at the same time and things like that. And in my opinion, that doesn't work. It um, yeah. doesn't work very well. If, if you can only hire one employee, then sure, you know, hire a technician and you handle the sales yourself or whatever you need to do. But the minute that you're able to hire more than one person, specialize and and look for people that are good in certain areas so you know when i'm hiring somebody for sales position i'm going to look for somebody who's you know really good with people somebody that i like when they come in that we're we're communicating where we're having good conversations and you know i just have a general positive feeling towards this person because that's what they need to be able to do with the customers is interact form relationships talk to them have good conversations so that when they suggest something to them the people are going to be a lot more likely you know, More to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I do need that, you know. Um, but if you have they're, a technician that's trying to sell something, they, they don't have those skills. They're good at oh, fixing yeah. devices. They're not good with people. So,
0: Very often, I would say they're very off-putting with the directness they can have. I yes. have one guy that's a prime example of this. He'll obviously talk people out of certain protections <laughs> or up sales. Insurance never uh right it's, it's one of those things even though we sell it it's uh it's it's an interesting one but man i i would benefit personally from those questions i am horrible at hiring people that's why i have people that typically do the interview but uh my uh, eric who co-hosts with me he is our general manager and handles most of the hiring okay. and uh i have picked the worst people you can imagine <laughs> always. Yeah. Great. You know, resumes, fantastic history. Looks like everything's good. Call their, uh, call their references, everything checks out. And then two weeks in, it's like they went from a normal person to a crack addict. Oh,
1: wow! it's like,
0: (laughs) did they just now meet drugs or did, did did something happen or was it just makeup and an act? I don't know. It's the world falls apart within that first two weeks. They show who they are. So, um, it's been an interesting one here in California for sure. But, uh, (laughs) that's when I see somebody who's making crazy sales and doing absolutely phenomenal business, I don't see the, the one day action that takes months and a team to build up. So there's gotta be a lot of incentives for your guys, for people Mm -hmm. to do that. And then having your family involved, that's gotta be one hell of a support system. Right. You have two kids, right? Uh huh. Yep. What's the ages?
1: Uh, six and eight at this point. Oh, nice. i got good a two daughter
0: 6 year old i got a oh, yeah. daughter at 6 and a 2 year old boy he's a bit of a hellion oh but, uh, <laughs> yeah it's fun um i could foresee my kids doing something similar being involved when they're older but man that uh it seems like a lot of work what do you do personally once black friday's done how do you, re- what, do you what is your uh stress relief oh uh,
1: you know, that's that's a good steam. question because and it and it's interesting that you even picked up or or realized how much work and effort it is because the majority of people don't even see that side of it and they they just see my success when i post it or whatever and they're like oh man jeff's lucky or he lives in a great place or you know whatever reasoning they want to use but it's never oh you know jeff busted his ass for an entire month and put in 12 Mm -hmm. and 14 hour days and you know uh had so much stress he could barely handle it for an entire month uh, oh, yeah. And able to reach this goal And, and achieve this success So um, that's, that's really The reality of it And I'm, I'm glad that you noticed that And, and appreciate that Because um, having some way To uh, relax and recuperate afterwards Is completely necessary Because by the time Black Friday happens I'm basically at the end of my rope <laughs>
0: Oh yeah um, well, I can only imagine
1: <laughs> But what, we, what I, we normally do Is try and take a vacation As soon as possible um, after, after it's done, because, you know, we th- where I'm at, um, the, the employees can pretty much, I have an amazing team, like, like you pointed out already, but they can pretty much handle the day to day and make sure that the store is successful and does well. And, uh, and I do offer a lot of of incentives. And I try and, you know, really motivate all employees. I look at it as more like it's our store instead of it's my store. And I'm telling you what to do. Like mm-hmm. we work together on everything. I take everybody's input and, and we, we grow together in that and I share our rewards with everybody through, um, commissions, profit sharing, bonuses, lunches, whatever. Like I, I try and give back as much as I possibly can so that, um, the, the employees are rewarded for the good work that they do and for upselling and, and things like that. And what I did this black Friday is I, I realized in the past, we've always done well and all and the sales guys kill it and they make yeah. tons of commission, but then, the people in the back who are processing devices or on the phones or us doing social media, repairing devices, they're not gonna make all that commission and sales and tips and, and things like that. So I, I was like, that's not really fair to them because they're putting in just as much work. They're just not on the front yeah. line selling the devices. So I offered to match all of their commission and all of their tips and then split it among the other employees this year. And yeah. uh, they they really enjoyed that. And I think well, that that helped. That's generous, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's crazy. So what else are you into right now with, uh, so you've got your your, your coaching program, right? Mm-hmm. Where do people find that at?
1: Um, well, right now you can, you can just reach out to me directly or you can um, go on my Calendly link and uh, you can no, book we'll an put appointment. That, uh, yeah. We'll put that below. Like I said, next week I'll be uh, taking some vacation, actually getting my wisdom teeth out uh,
0: before I That's do that. It's a vacation and some right? business owners yeah. getting forced uh, to be put on your ass, uh-huh.
1: you know? <laughs> so uh, then uh, I'm not going to be doing taking many calls during the middle of next week. But um, other than that, you can book an appointment whenever you want. And I can you know, I've been helping a lot of people and uh, it's been having good results so far. So I think that that's definitely a benefit because I think having a mentor or somebody who's done what you're wanting to do just simplifies the process and speeds it up so much. Um, It it took me a long time to realize that myself, because I would try and do everything myself and just learn the hard way over and over through the failures. And that's a good way to learn. Um, You know, failures are good for that. But if you have somebody that you can go to who's already done it and knows how to do it, it just makes everything makes your life so much easier and better and helps you to reach your goals so much faster. And I just really recommend that I've got a few people that I'm able to reach out to now and kind of get get some feedback for myself and ideas and, and, um, it really helps.
0: So I I always tell people it's always hardest for the first person who has to navigate the landmine and then it's just following the leader after that. So whether you want to be first or last, you still got to go through.
1: Yeah. I've Um, never heard it that way. I like
0: that. it's, It's, uh, it's a lot easier when you, if you know something's coming up or if you're going through a hard time to reach out to somebody and then get that little advice left, right, you know, which direction to go there's not a lot of people who have the balls to step up and say, Hey, I need help with something, especially as as men in this industry. It's like, Oh no, you either succeed or you fail. It's, it's not easy at all times.
1: So definitely I will, I will completely, I'll completely attest to that. Um, I've had so many failures and so many times I've wanted to quit and give up and just felt like I've had all I could take. And um, you know, you have to persevere. You have to, push on if you want to be successful. But yeah, if you have somebody that you can talk to, if you can reach out, like even me at this point, I'm seen as kind of like, you know, one of the top in the field or whatever, but I still need help. I still reach out to people all the time and try and get ideas and, and bounce ideas off them and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm having this. How, you, how did you get past this? Or how did you do that? And not not even necessarily all people who are more successful than me. I feel like you can get information from anybody. Everybody has something that they do extremely well or that, you know, they have expertise in that you can learn from. So
0: Stubbornness, it won't get you nowhere. No, that's true. Um, that's, I, we do this uh, thing called collaboration over competition. I don't care if you're a block away. It, I'll send you customers. You send me customers. There's something I do better, something you do better. And a lot of people don't like that. There is... We get a lot of hate for it locally because oh, wow. uh, we'll literally send somebody and I will never talk bad about another company. Like, I'll call you personally before I, like, oh yeah, don't go there, do this. Because even your top guy versus your new guy, somebody's going to make a mistake somewhere. So we're not all fantastic at all times. It yeah. uh, makes it real easy to know. Like, a little personalization goes a long way, you know, at least realizing they're all people too. Uh, sure. It makes, some people just hate it. I don't know why they're like, Oh, this is BS. Or you're trying to do something or make it seem like, like, I don't think I'm here at all. I know I'm like middle of the group. I'm just consistent. You know, I'd much rather be consistent and be the same person. than like balls out Rolexes uh, running 15 businesses, acting like I'm a a shark. Right. (laughs) It's it's easier that way. Um, then people don't look to me for all the answers. So, that's true um, <laughs> so what's the goal with uh, with smartphone medics
1: yeah that's that's interesting um I've got a few things kind of that I'm that I'm working on in a few different directions that I'm wanting to go in with the store but it's something that I've been working on for a, a couple of things that I've already been working on one obviously there's always the option to grow out more mm-hmm. which is what most stores do but I don't think that that's my business model, and it never has been. So I always try and think of like, well, how can we take it to the next level? How can we keep increasing and and go up? So I think that I feel like we've kind of, uh, you know, tapped out a little bit as far as the amount of business we can do with one store in our current location. I mean, yeah, we'll keep growing small, you know, increments along the way. But if we want to step it up any more than that, I feel like the, the only way to do it is either To offer new services that we currently aren't offering new products, obviously we've started getting into building gaming PCs and um, more into the gaming console side of things, and um, doing more micro soldering jobs, console repairs, those sort of things that we haven't really focused on in the past. But I really feel like um, one one of the things we need to focus on if we want to grow a lot is online sales in general so that's something we've put a lot of time and and money at this point into we started redesigning our website and creating a new online store um, that actually will sync to our inventory in repair desk we had an online store before but it was always a a headache because it wouldn't sync up and if somebody bought something online then we may sell it in the store and we wouldn't have it it just wouldn't add up yeah right right so it was always a pain so we we We've um, had Repair Desk design us a new website and store that will sync with Repair Desk. And um, I think that we're going to put a big push on that. We've got it now also set up so that you can um, apply for leasing through the website on, on those devices and get approved and complete the whole transaction online. Nice. And um, I think that that can be a potential game changer once we put some some good advertising and search engine optimization and things like that into into that side of things. So I'm hoping we can grow the online sales. Cause I mean, obviously everything's going online. It's, it's ridiculously hard to compete on a retail level anymore with Amazon, Best Buy, Apple, you know, um, and I don't necessarily intend to compete with them on that level. But I think if we have discounted pre-owned devices, on our website, we can advertise those things at at a good price that we can bring business in, especially at the leasing prices and and payment prices that, uh, that can bring a decent amount of money in. So that's one of our main goals is just online sales in general. Um, another one for me personally though, is I'm always trying to, um, create, a better w- well-oiled machine at the store so that I can kind of back out more and more and more and focus on higher level tasks and, and things that, um, you know, coming up with new ideas and trying new things uh, to kind of take us in different directions.
0: Less operator of, style. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. I've always, um, even from the very beginning and, and and this is something that I feel like separates me from so many stores out there. Um, I just, I'm a firm believer and you can't work in your business and work on your business at the, at the same time. Um, I saw so many small business owners that, that is exactly what they do is just work in their business all the time, trying to knock out all the repairs, trying to help all the customers and they don't grow. Um, because you, you're not, you're not able to grow. You can grow, but it's going to be very slow and you're going to be limited by what you can physically do. Um, yeah, I'm very
0: aware. that's one of my problems since I'm moving I've tried to back off of excuse me being an operator and I see probably I would say I was I think the number was like somewhere when I'm not present it's like 12 to 16 percent in efficiency cost value lose like, I will make this store more money because I can wheel and deal better. I can give people better options. I know how to upsell a little bit better. And that's where, over the last couple of months, I'm trying to train my guys. and like, hey, no, you can offer this. You can do it this way. Getting people to think like you is the hardest thing. Yeah. I, I cannot clone myself. So I'm going to be states away starting another store that, of a different type. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's more like a hobby shop. My wife does uh Uh, Body Butters, Shea Butters, we make candles, the whole thing. And so all that fun stuff is a whole other niche in another state. But I'll still, I know, be taking calls, trying to get people to sell or do something or make something happen to try and improve their efficiency. But I'm hoping they get the point when I'm gone. It's real hard to push that. (laughs) It's insane.
1: Yeah, no, that's something that I've I've spent a whole lot of time on. Um, It's just Training and creating a good culture at at the store, um, so that I can trust that they're they're doing a, a good job whenever I'm not there. that They're making yeah. so, but I noticed the same thing as you. Anytime you know I used to be at the store, I would you know exponentially make more sales or higher profits than yeah. if I weren't there. And that was I was always kind of torn about that because I was like, well, do I want to make more money or do I want to have more time to focus on Things like bringing in more customers that could potentially make more money that way. Yeah. Um, so, and I ended up just going in in the other direction because I realized, you know, even if I make more money when I'm there, I'm still limited by the that still limits the total amount of money that I'm able to make because I'm still limited by what I can actually do at that point. Yeah. But if I'm able to back out and hire people to, to do this train them as best as i possibly can so even if we're making you know 10% less 15% less than than I, if i were there if i'm able to bring in you know 10 or 15% more customers then that's exponentially more than i would have made by just being there and putting in that extra work myself and then you
0: get time with your family that's my biggest thing is time with my kids right now cuz they're so young I just want yeah. to be around at all times it's so hard yeah. and uh the more you lose because they what is it they're only one to four and impressionable like that once so i'm like man i feel like i just need more time with them it's hard um it is. but no it's it's an interesting story from going pre-covid to now and the the focus is on that store, especially how well and what everyone's saying in the groups. Like you're the the go to guy, it's nuts. But we'll put the the links in the bottom. And share your story. You know this is interesting to me, and a lot of people on the uh, the Facebook side only see your name, your photo, and then they see the numbers that you post. They're right? Like, oh, he must be fantastic. Must have been so easy. <laughs> right? It's it's. Uh, and I've said this before somewhere, the luckier, what is it? The, uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And most people see it as no, the you know, shit just happens to come out roses. God, right. Man, people just don't get it.
1: No, a
0: lot of elbow grease.
1: I would, I would say that like, I noticed that big time, even in the people that came to my store that were waiting in line and, and, um, it, it was a different crowd than it's been in the past. Like, I kind of make an event out of it, like you you kind of Mm -hmm. picked up on. You know, we'll have food trucks. My daughter has a lemonade stand. Um, We're trying to have fun, and I do like door prizes, like every ten minutes while people are waiting in line, so it keeps them interested. We'll hand out like free donuts or free coffee to them or something. Like I, I kind of look as a whole. The whole thing is more of like a customer appreciation day. Uh, Right. I want them to have a good time. I want it to be fun for everybody, the community, our family, our employees, everyone. Um, But this year, like. We were we were there and um, I was, you know, giving out things, trying to keep the mood up, playing music, you know, and the people were just grumpy and ticked off and kind of acting like jerks. They just seemed ungrateful. I'm just like, I you're you're standing in line to get free stuff. I'm giving you free stuff while you're in line. You're getting free food. You have the opportunity to get drinks and socialize with people, have fun, listen to music. Like, why are you not happy?
0: Yeah. How can <laughs> and, I spark something?
1: Yeah. And that was honestly the main thing that made me say i don't think i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna do this next year because i'm just like why am i you know killing myself for a month um to bring in these unhappy customers we got a one-star review that day um which really upset me it was for a woman that, yeah a woman showed up at 11:30. we opened at 10. uh she didn't wait in the line she showed up at 11:30. wanted the free ipad mini and was pissed off because we were out of iPad minis at that time, the free iPad minis. I said, you know, uh, the, the employees told her, you know, we're sorry. We have the free wireless chargers that are worth $50 if you'd like to, you know, get get one of those. Um, she's like, no, I wanted the mini. How dare you? I just came up here and waited all morning, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, she, and so she took, we had these like little um, arcade game systems. She took the two that she had in her hand and threw them at a $2,000 iMac that we had sitting in the lobby. Lucky, luckily nothing broke, but you know, at that point, like, and this is in front of a lobby full of customers and she's just yelling and throwing merchandise. Um, and the employees come and get me and she's yelling at me. And um, she's just like, you know, why don't you have this? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like you didn't wait in line. We're out of it. There's, there's nothing I can do if you don't want the wireless charger. She's like, all right, you're going to get a one-star review. I'm out of here and just yells at everybody on the way out. So, so what's your,
0: what's your current rating on Google and Yelp?
1: Um, we have about a, it fluctuates between a 4.8 and 4.9 um, mm-hmm. depending on the day. Now it's a 4.8. Thanks to her, <laughs> you know, we,
0: uh, <laughs> I, I, I used to, I, so and I got to say this with like the, the nicest way possible. I absolutely don't care about reviews whatsoever. Right. Personally, I I worked the first 4 years with a 5-star review. Oh, it's, nice. It was perfect. If it was anything under 5 stars, I busted my back, I'd drive to their house 3 hours out of the way. I was so customer oriented.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was I was making personally maybe 2 grand a month just busting my ass trying to do ups and downs for everybody. Right. And I was like, "Man, that's a lot of work." And then had kids. And I was like, "Well, I can't do everything for my customers like my kids got the, that attention and then I, was, right. I started to realize when i got my first one star i'm like nope i'm good <laughs> i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not busting my ass most of the ones we get now if any you know angry customer is somebody who is it's a misunderstanding we can clarify fix the review great but okay. i'm never busting my ass the way i used to um that nearly killed me and i was only under 30. Um, I see a lot of guys who have like thousands of reviews and I'm like, man, I'm good. I've been in business nine <laughs> years now. We got like five or 600 uh, on two platforms, but I don't ask every single person because nobody is having the same happy day. The same right. way I'm talking about. Some people are grumpy sometimes and they don't like uh-huh. breaking their stuff. I cannot solve all their problems, <laughs> but if you can maintain 4.8, 4.9, you've been at this location since 2019 that's yep. good. You, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it, it's been difficult, and I've done a lot of like what you said, bending over backwards to try and fix the review. Every time any one star or anything even four star below comes mm-hmm. in, I'd be on the phone. You know, I'm sorry. What can we do to help you? You know, uh, doing whatever it takes. But yeah, recently I've gotten a lot more um, like like you, and I'm just like you know, if somebody's if somebody's going to be a jerk and leave a one star review just because they're having a bad day, I can't I can't do anything about. I'll that, reach out
0: know? months after. You know, somebody will be a one star in February and then in, what is it, March or April, you contact them. And you're like, hey, is there anything we can do to change your review? That happens way better and more like understanding once things have cooled down. That's true, sure, sure. yeah. On the internet, it's one or two days they're still angry. You know, the uh-huh. keyboard uh, anger and resentment is still there. Right. Two months later, they're like, you know, lots changed in life. Let's go ahead and fix that. Yeah, so it makes it a little easier. <laughs> That's true. But it's it's interesting because there's mm-hmm. there's some people that like freak out and they're they're wanting to close their door when their five star turns to a four star or four point uh, what is it four point nine. Right. Some people put like ten paragraphs up about how they've done everything. This person's just ungrateful. Everyone flagged this review, and I'm like, mm-hmm. aren't you now using like. Uh, a mean on Facebook to like get all your people to flag this review that's an honest one even though it's not nice.
1: Right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not really my style but Yeah, me neither. Um, whatever helps the image, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been great, Jeff. I did not expect that you would be more human than than some of the other people that I've interviewed for sure. <laughs> a lot of people are more uh, robotic. I don't know why. Some oh, yeah. Are a, a little less friendly. you know business two to four four to six let's get everything on the books Um, yeah
1: i mean i think the weird thing about me is that like i see a lot of people out there in the in the groups and stuff and they are business obsessed i would say and and that's that's what they live and i mean to a certain degree that's kind of how i am but it's not necessarily out of choice um it's a tool Right. Exactly. Like I, I want to focus on my family and and living a, a good lifestyle, you know, taking vacations and and um, hopefully being able to relax some and things like that. <laughs> um, but I also have this personality that, you know, I guess kind of like a, a perfectionist type of like I want to succeed at whatever yeah. I do. And that just kind of like drives me in the background. Like I didn't intend on being a million dollar store necessarily. Like I never intended on being like the poster boy for you know the repair industry or or anything like that like all of this just kind of just got thrown in my lap because i just wanted to to do the best i could and yeah. i think when when you do the best you can and you're consistent about it and over and over and again you know the, that those types of things just kind of happen um, do, through, yeah. right but um yeah i enjoy you know people and and having fun a lot more than uh just focusing on business 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 all the time so
0: well i'll be uh you know closer to alabama so one of these days i'll drive on through i know we're heading to florida and i'll check you guys out uh, um, awesome, man. That'll no, be it's, fun. it's been great we should do this again you know we'll, next year probably post black friday let's see if you end up sticking to it and doing yeah it like, we'll see you know something else but no it's been great man i appreciate it
1: yeah well i really appreciate it too i think it's really cool what you're doing too i didn't know that there was anybody in our industry that was like doing a youtube channel or you know things like that um, a lot
0: of people do the repairs right like, yeah i've I, seen that yeah I, this started as a way to like about the angry people that you see <laughs> In the, the repair industry, because we get a lot in this area. I had a lady that tore down you know, displays off the wall because we wouldn't give her a free phone. Wow. Uh, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I think it was like 50 bucks for a phone that was posted and it was sold in the store. Posting wasn't down. We're like, sorry, we'll match it for something else. She was so angry. And I think originally we made a YouTube video like, crazy people are going to do crazy things. Here's what happened. And uh, her, her mother and her sister all gave us one star reviews about how we tried to get her in store to sell her something else that she didn't want and how we were trying to steal money from the average people. I'm like, oh, man, man. it was a Facebook post. (laughs) Uh, And so we made a YouTube video on that. And then I was like, we should make a podcast. We should talk about all the crazy stuff that happens. Our business advice, you know, uh, how we did what we did. Life. And right. uh, it just turned into, I was like, man, I wonder if these people online are the same as they are on their profiles.
1: And so yeah. I started
0: reaching out to people. I'm like, you are not as, like, stuck up. You are not as, like, cool. You are not yeah. as, uh, uh, you know, robotic online. Some right. people just have, it's, it's so weird how Facebook creates that, like, meta mask uh, idea where it's like you are a walking NFT if you don't know uh you are already it's this image of everything you are and everyone perceives it differently
1: that's so, true it yeah it's real hard it's funny that you mentioned that because i realized that that was kind of happening with me a little bit um just because you know obvi- you only post your successes and, and and things like that and um i'm a i'm a photographer too i have a photography business and so uh, for the most part, like I'm good at presenting myself online in a positive light because I take yeah. good pictures of things of myself, of uh, the business of, and and I post the successes. But then I realize, you know, people are only seeing this one side of me. They're not seeing the hardships I'm going through. They're not seeing me being depressed or upset or, um, you know, realizing that I, you know, have to work and bust my ass um as much or more than than the average person and all this and so recently i I made a post and it was like a good picture that i'd taken of myself and i was like you know um hashtag blessed best life ever i was like not really you know this is what you know maybe you see this on facebook but that's not reality and i kind of went into details and like talked about what was actually happening in my life it's like i'm more stressed than i've ever been i have depression you know like i fight through all this stuff that everybody else does but all you guys are seeing is this top 1% and thinking, Oh, Jeff just has the best life ever. He just has a successful store and takes tons of vacations and has a great family. And I'm like, that's not all there is to anybody. I
0: I think it's like a version of people breaking the matrix as like Andrew Tate says it. Um, everyone sees the guy, but Uh, the, the idea is we're seeing through a lot of the, the presented media on your socials, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok everyone's so happy this is what you want the world the mansion the travel and then the majority of people are now seeing like oh shit this is not what it's about and so we're getting more informed and it's driving like i'm going more family centered i'm taking my uh, family to the uh you know the midwest and i'm like all right here we go right and uh I want to be happier. I don't care if the store burns down as long as it's making me some money in some way. Insurance will handle that. I'm a big proponent yeah. of insurance, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is so insane. The stark difference from like 2018, me wanted 10 stores. I had two stores and I was like, I want 10. 2022, me wants one store, a couple online businesses and you know everything to work itself out as long as my kids are healthy. Yeah, But I was like, oh, one kid, I just need to drive. Then I had a second little Hellion, and I'm like, nah, I just got to be present.
1: Damn right. It.
0: You know, that's it. It's weird. It's, yeah. uh, it's crazy. It Kids change you so much.
1: They do. Yeah, that that is crazy. Because my, my story was very similar. The first one, like, really motivates you, like, kick it. Because that's when I started the business is when I had my the, the first kid. Uh, right before I had it, when I found out it was mm-hmm. on the way, I was like, I got to do something. Let's, let's get this money going. needs to come. Yeah. Right. Diapers and are expensive. You know, that's what drove most of my success. But then, yeah, after the second one, a few years passed. I'm like, I'm I'm kind of missing stuff here because I'm so obsessed with work all the time. I don't want that life, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to put things in place so I can back off more and more. And, and like you said, any kind of online business, things that don't take as much of my personal time, I think.
0: I can pour a candle a lot faster than I could fix your iPhone. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Right. Um, m- margins are better too. Um, but, uh, it's crazy. Um, no, that's uh, what we're setting up in the, uh, the state of Oklahoma. And then uh, we're going to be doing a lot more traveling. Cause why not For uh, cost of living out there is exponentially cheaper. I think we pay right. 2,500 bucks a month here for a four bedroom, one bath. And it's really too bedrooms one bath that they split the rooms in
1: mm. and
0: like put up false walls because it makes oh, it wow. four, four tiny rooms. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what they did like 20 years ago and then they plastered and did everything. But so that $2,500 covers the entire business, commercial area, rent, uh, insurance and the house cost for okay. Oklahoma. So yeah. Like, well, if we just downsize and move out, it'll cost 10 grand to move that's not a big deal. We'll save that over in the entire year. We're saving for the cost of gas, electricity. I'm I'm much happier. Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. I've always thought that's crazy because um, I've got a few friends in California. And like I said, I'm a photographer. I do real estate photography mm -hmm. primarily. And I'll post a picture of like a million dollar house. And that's a, that's a lot here. Um, And it's like a mansion basically. And then they're like, we couldn't get an apartment for that much out here. Like, what do you do? Like, we need to move back. And I'm like, how does that, I don't understand how that works though. Do you guys make more money out there or is just everything more expensive?
0: No, it's because the, I figured it out. The cost for somebody to drive all the material, the food, the gas, everything across the great plains to California. That's all it is. It's a tax on them driving all the shit out here and then growing it out here and doing all the stuff out here. Hmm. The, the lobbyists, the, the, Lawmakers are like, hey, we need to tax all those people. And so right. that cost rises our cost. And so even gas at $7 a gallon was only a dollar, or was it $2.10 in Oklahoma? And I'm like, how is it $2 one place and $7 here? Yeah, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Oh. It should be, if we're buying it from somewhere else at $35 a barrel, then it should be equal everywhere, Right right nope. it's, <laughs> if it's cheap in one place why is it not cheap everywhere it's just because we were presumed to be the fancy state the uh, the rich state and that's even the damn homeless people get paid $1200 for uh, general assistance now oh wow in san francisco so uh, if <laughs> it was 2012 and i was you know in my older state of mind because 10 years ago i was just getting off drugs mm-hmm. and uh, i'd got a military whole thing uh, but fun times! I would have driven to and from San Francisco every morning to check in as a homeless person. <laughs> Tell me, twelve hundred dollars free a month—that is forty, to, what forty dollars a day? Yeah, free money. Absolutely, yeah. that's worth right. ten dollars in gas. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a quick come up, and then get food stamps and free phones now. So they're almost paid to be homeless. Wow, yeah, I that's feel kind sorry of for up. the ones out of their their control, but. The ones who are doing it as a side hustle, the states cost a lot of money on. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys viewing, listening, subscribing. For all our listeners out there, drop a comment. Uh, All our YouTube people, comment, subscribe, share, and we'll see you next time.